Hello, and welcome to this very special off-the-cuff edition of Network Collective. Uh, off-the-cuff is an episode where we just decided to get together with uh, minimal planning and talk about something that's happening in the, uh, in the industry. And today we are talking about Cisco's announcement that they are going to acquire Viptela. So before we dive into that, uh, let's, uh, let's get to introductions. And uh, uh, Keith, why don't you start us off? All right, cool. I get to, uh, one, thanks to Cisco and Viptela for making me get out of bed and comb my hair. <laughs> Go figure. I'm Keith Townsend. I'm, I'm CT, at CTO Advisor on Twitter. You can find the blog and podcast, thectoadvisor.com. I am uh, an advisor to CTOs at night, and during the day, I uh, am an enterprise architect for a large biopharmaceutical. Excellent. Thanks, Keith. And, uh, and our other guest tonight is my very good friend, Tom Hollingsworth. Tom? Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Tom Hollingsworth. If you don't know who I am, you can find me as the Networking Nerd on Twitter. Um, blog is networkingnerd.net. Um, as Keith said, my Batman job is blogging about networking and making fun of people, sometimes unintentionally. Uh, my Bruce Wayne job is uh, at Tech Field Day, where I'm an organizer for all of the data transport uh, networking and wireless organizations, where I do occasionally make fun of people, sometimes on purpose. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, uh, let's dive right in. So I guess before we jump into talking about the acquisition itself, I guess we should probably lay some groundwork. And let's talk about each of these companies individually. So I want to start off with Cisco. What are your impressions of Cisco before the acquisition of Viptela? What is your impression of them in the SD-WAN space? Cisco beforehand yes. is the elephant in the room, right? That we all think it should be the, the behemoth of, of every corner of every industry, um, but was kind of lagging behind in this particular space. That's my impression. Um, you know, I, I love a lot of what Cisco does and, and their products and I'm very familiar with it. But in this particular area, that's something where I'm like, eh, they're a little behind the eight ball here, uh, specifically referring to, to IWAN, right? And and I think a little is kind. Um, okay. <laughs> we were. Well, I'm a kind of. Tell us how you person. really feel, Yvonne. Yeah, yeah I, you, you know, opinions. Well, I won't go any further. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we did an early IWAN pilot, and mm -hmm. uh, it it just didn't go well. Um, we had we had all kinds of issues with troubleshooting and BUs pointing fingers at one another, and you know, weeks long tight cases about why things weren't working, um, and it's really complex and difficult. And we we had a professional services engagement from Cisco helping us. It's not like we were doing it ourselves. So mm -hmm. um, I went for me. I think we soured on it so early in the beginning. When when it came back around to IWAN 2.0, we were like, yeah, we're we're just not going there again. So, I, I kind of get the feeling that IWAN is the too many cooks problem. You've got all of these BUs that are competing for market share and space in IWAN, and hey, our feature is super super important. But when it comes right down to it, the reason why IWAN is such a train wreck as it is is because all of those individual pieces are all competing against each other to work properly. Mm. Whereas when you get something like, um, you know, Cogenics or Viptela or pretty much any of those SD-WAN vendors, the reason why it works so well is because there's one chef in the kitchen going, this is how it has to do everything. And it has to be transparent to the user for a lot of the process. And, you know, 
that's one of the reasons why a lot of these first generation ST-WAN startups have been so successful. So, Tom, to piggyback on that thought process, Cisco has, I think, what, $170 billion market cap, $50 billion in revenue, $17 billion in profit. They're about as big as uh, HP when it comes to revenues, at least revenues. And if you look at HP and you look at HPE and you looked at kind of their whole strategy, you got it confused because it's just too many products, uh, just too many silos and you couldn't figure out why they had a HC, why they didn't have a HCI solution. And then they eventually came out with one. You were like, Oh uh, yeah, they probably should not have come out with one. And I think this is where Cisco has ended up. They're just, they were too big to come out with a agile enough solution to compete with the market. And IWAN is uh, what happens when there's, to your point, too many cooks in a, in a, in a kitchen with a company as big as Cisco. I have, a, I have a different take, slightly different take, but very similar. <clears throat> and that is that I don't necessarily know that it's too many cooks. I think Cisco has the ability because of their size to kind of wait to market out. And so in that they can, they don't have to be the primary player right away. They have a lot of momentum and brand loyalty from people who use their mm-hmm. equipment. That's true. And, uh, and so they don't have to be the front runner immediately. Uh, they can kind of see how the market shakes out, see who's going to be the right player. They'll, then they will, they'll dabble, right? And this is exactly what they did. They cobbled together a bunch of their existing solutions and, 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 and put a name on it and put it out there and said, hey, we have that too. <laughs> but 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 nobody really got excited about it because it's all the same stuff we've already been using and it lacked some of those critical components that were really different about SD-WAN. It didn't really have a true controller. It wasn't as right. flexible. We're still using NBAR for application identification rather than some of the other, you know, methodologies. And so no one got all that excited about it, but they, they could say they were in this space. I think I, I'm not surprised and I'd be surprised if I heard anybody say that they're surprised that Cisco ended up acquiring somebody. So do you think that this particular acquisition or potential acquisition is just that they're waiting to see who shakes out and then snatching? Up? I mean, well, how much was the purchase price? 600 something million? 610 million. And they have like Seven, 60, 70 billion dollars on cash on hand. So this is like nothing. Um, so do you think that's a move in that direction where they're, they're, they've waited to see uh, who kind of shakes out of the tree as the front runners and they snatch those guys up? Well, you know, the, I, just, I was just over at the Packet Pushers website where they had the list of, you know, the Packet Pusher says this list yeah. of, of, of all of the players in the market. 24, 25. I talked to Greg and Ethan about this at the end of the last year. Did they think that there was going to be consolidation in this mm. market this year? And the consensus was that no, that they think that this is going to be a viable market uh, for a lot of different companies and they'll be able to make a go at it. But uh, I think most of us have been either Cisco partners or customers at a point. And the problem with an IWAN type solution where Cisco throws something out there to buy their time, real customers have real problems. And a lot of us don't have an option on whether or not we buy Cisco or not. Yeah. If Cisco has a product kind of that's slated in a spot. We, the, the POC is not really much of a POC. It's kind of, well, if Cisco has a product, thou shall buy that product, whether, it, whether it's good or not. <laughs> yeah, that's true for a lot of organizations and, and to their detriment sometimes. But that, I think that is, that is the case for a lot of, of orgs, small and large. Um, I mean, we've been talking about how Cisco's history in the space, right? What, 
I know a little bit about IWAN, you know, from the technical perspective, but maybe we can look at that for a minute. What What is so bad? <laughs> what is so wrong with IWAN? It's not that it's bad. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it, when, when you, when you compare it in the light of what else is out there, it doesn't match up, right? Mm -hmm. IWAN doesn't, doesn't meet the same criteria that the other vendors are playing to. You mean but the other SD-WAN vendors, right? That's correct. The other SD-WAN okay. vendors. Okay. That's absolutely correct. And so by itself- and so I, um, Go ahead. Yeah, so, so by itself, it's actually a pretty good solution. And they cleaned up some of the technologies that were really difficult to manage. And the one I'm thinking specifically is uh, PFR, some mm -hmm. might know it as OER, okay. uh, this idea of using multiple links and spreading traffic across them. PFR V3 is way better than previous iterations of PFR. And so like they did work. It's not like it's not it's not like they just threw this thing out there and said, here, make it work. Um, but I think the problem is, is that it doesn't scale the same way that we wanted it to because other vendors could scale easier because they had different architectures and had thought about that problem. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think from a feature set, we get about 70 to 80%, right, of what we'd get if we went and bought someone else who their livelihood depends on the fact that SD-WAN is going to work. I, and okay. and I, I would say a couple things. One is that, I, and I made the analogy before in a blog post, like when, when the iPhone first came out, right, you had it, you could, you could buy a digital camera and you could buy an MP3 player and you could buy a cell phone and you could, you know, buy a mobile email device, but they were all separate devices, right? You could do all the same things, but you couldn't do them easily. And so the combination of all those things into one device actually enabled things like Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. that, that we see today. And I think I, I, I'd make the same analogy with IWAN, right? So IWAN took DMVPN and it took PFR and it took MBAR and it took maybe ABC and it took um, uh, maybe complex PKI stuff and tried to make it do to work like an iPhone, which is what the SD-WAN technology is. And it's, it's just not the same experience. So can mm -hmm. you do all the same things? Yeah, but it is incredibly more painful. Things like key management, certificates and, and all that, like it, it's just really, it's much harder. I think what you're saying, Yvonne, and, and to me what it sounds like is technical debt. Cisco carries a yes. lot of technical debt with all the things that they do. And that's not their fault because when you've been in business as long as Cisco, I mean, think of all the crazy acronyms that we come up with that are dead protocols that Cisco championed a while back, kind of to Phil's point. Uh, sometimes Cisco wants to wait to market out. But when they can't wait to market out or when they realize that the technical debt is just too crippling, what do they do? Well, in the past, what they've done is they've hired uh, Mario Mazzola and Prem Jane and the rest of that crew to go out and do something about it, right? Well, they don't have those guys anymore. Mm. They don't have the ability to spin out. Um, and they've mm -hmm. always acquired good technology. And, and you're right. They, did, they went out and found the, what I consider to be one of the more successful vendors in the, in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, it just so happened that one of the ways that they got so successful was because they were basically directly competing against Cisco at every chance they got and winning. And so that kind mm -hmm. of raises your profile into the crosshairs pretty quickly. So a, a quick question for you guys on SD-WAN boxes in general. A lot of the push has been to for SD-WAN SD vendors to go out and start adding additional feature sets to their SD-WAN boxes. Was this a hindrance to Cisco in coming out with a box that kind of cannibalized their existing portfolio at all? Uh, completely. <laughs> and, and we're going to hold on to that thought because I think we're going we're gonna to hit on that later because I think there's some questions about what the future looks like and some of the compelling reasons why or some of the reasons that Fatella was compelling may not necessarily line up 
in a Cisco world. Maybe they do. Um, I, before we get too far down the line, I, we've been talking a lot about IWAN, but there's another SD-WAN play that Cisco has, and that's in their Meraki line of products. Oh, yeah. Right. And so, so what, what about Meraki SD-WAN? Where does, where does that sit in the market as compared? I mean, we've, we've had some, I guess, not so positive things to say about IWAN. Uh, what's, what's the thought about Meraki SD-WAN? Meraki SD-WAN has a beard, likes playing hacky sack, uh, drinking ironic cocktails, and probably lives in San Francisco. I think that's <laughs> a, from what I understand of the solution, Tom, I think you hit it right on the head. It's, it's keenly positioned at a place with that it wouldn't cannibalize Cisco higher market sales on their higher margin. <laughs> and not that Meraki isn't like high margin in itself, but on this higher margin bo- boxes, it's kind of the, the, the startups uh, solution versus, you know, something that's going to replace a hundred site uh, SD-WAN solution. Meraki's target market for their SD-WAN product is not enterprise customers who are in need of SD-WAN. It's mm-hmm. Meraki customers who need to add SD-WAN to an existing offering. There, there was no threat of cannibalization. And I can tell you that because if you would have walked out to anyone in the market before, what, two days ago and said, can you name me the top 10 SD-WAN solutions? I'd bet you 50 bucks that Meraki's SD-WAN solution might have made it into one list. That's it. Meraki, you know, that's not the first name you think of when you think SD-WAN. Well, and Meraki's the anti-Cisco, right? I mean, Cisco is like nerd knobs galore and all kinds of configuration options. And and Meraki is, we're going to show you the absolute minimum options we believe you're going to need. And we're not going to give you all these nerd knobs. And if you want to enable something really intense, you've got to call us and have us turn it on for you so that you can even see those options. I mean, it's, it's just... It's a com- it's 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 Cisco on its head almost. So does that mean yes or no question? Does this mean that um, this acquisition is Cisco's major play to be a to be a major player in the SD WAN space? Yes. Yeah. I think yes. So. You guys think so? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's what it seems like then. All right. I think that's a that's a good segue. So the other the other half of the equation, right? Viptela. Uh, what's your guys' take on Viptela and where they stood on the market before this announcement was made? I mean, I think they were a leader. Um, I'm a fan, and I've not not been. Uh, I think you're a little biased, but I'm still interested in hearing what you have to say. No, no I mean, I, you know, I, I've run it and it's worked, um, and, and we like it. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, I, I view them as a leader, at least you know, top two or three. And, and I think they have the advantage that they could start fresh. And they had basically one major problem statement. You know, they're not worried about data center. They're not worried about wireless. They're not worried about uh-huh. all these other arenas. They have one problem statement, and that was um, all about optimizing the weigh-in. Yeah. Um, and they've got a lot of, uh, you know, routing strength in their leadership. Um, they came at it from a routing um, uh, view of the world as opposed to a WANOP view of the world, which has allowed the product to scale um, a lot bigger and faster than some of the other SD-WAN vendors. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's a solid solution. Is it perfect? No, that they've still got some room for improvement um, in the GUI and and in uh, some visibility. But uh, but but I think they were way up there as far as a leader in the space. Mar- um, 
Viptela was one of the few SD-WAN vendors that addressed the enterprise market specifically. When you look at other offerings like Versa and VeloCloud, they had already started to partner up with service providers. Yeah. So they were they were working behind the scenes, whereas, you know, like Yvonne said, um, Viptela's pure play was, I'm going to make branch offices faster. When you look at the customer list that they had, it wasn't companies that were trying to light up headquarters in San Jose and New York City. It was Gap, who has 4,300 stores that they need to light up. So they they had a very unique perspective on things. And honestly, I think that that was one of the things that Cisco felt threatened by is every one of those boxes that is in a Gap store displaced a Cisco router. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really think that's, that's the biggest threat to Cisco. I mean, as we were talking about Cisco specifically, is that a lot of these SD-WAN uh, players are doing it on, on cheap and commodity-based hardware. I mean, this is a conversation we've been having you know, <laughs> for a little yeah. while now in the, in yeah. the networking community and, and the idea that we can get similar performance off of an x86 box with a few ports on it as we can for this router that we're, that we're spending a lot of money for uh, is really, it's, it's very disruptive to Cisco's business model. Definitely agree so, with that. I, I think before, uh, before you uh, go there, Phil, I think it was interesting that you said top three, you know, I, I think that most people, I mean, going back to uh, to Tom's list of top 10 vendors, I think if you ask those same people who, who were in the top three, I think it would be in 100% of those people's list that Viptela would be in the top three. And I think it'd be the top one for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So is that from a, so obviously my role is a little bit different. I'm probably the only non-networking guy here. Actually at Network Field Day, I was labeled the storage guy, which was really <laughs> <laughs> that was, was kind of yeah. That was actually disheartening, but okay. Uh, I, I apologize, Keith, that someone used language like that to describe <laughs> you. <laughs> but from the outsider's view, as you know, from my enterprise architect hat, Vipteller is it has has the name Cash Cache. Is it just name Cache, or is it really that they are? are I mean, I hear them all the time. I. Uh, I've, I've listened to the deep dive videos. I've seen the demo, extremely cool stuff. I'm really amazed. But then I look at some of the other uh, uh, SD, SD-WAN vendors and I'm equally kind of like, well, that's kind of cool. <coughs> what makes them top three? I, well, I mean, I, I think my take on this is that they're top three because they got 90% of the technology down. Right, like it's it's so many SD WAN vendors are coming at it from some angle they've been there before. Like like Yvonne had mentioned, like a WAN op vendor who's adding SD WAN, and so they'll add five features, and now all of a sudden it's more than what WAN op was. It's not quite the full SD WAN feature set that that we're hoping for. Whereas Viptela is one of a handful of companies that you look at it and say, okay, they've they've implemented most of the vision already. Like they've implemented most of what it's supposed to be and they're doing it well. But I do think to your point that they had an excellent marketing wing, right? They, they understood the community that they were marketing to and they, and they, they got to those people in a way that they understood um, around that. I mean, uh, there's been some, some ugliness around this announcement and the people who are, are, you know, a lot of FUD surrounding it, but that was not something that Vitella ever did. Vitella talked about their product, how well it did. They got out and they, they met at conferences with the users who are using it. Most of the times I heard about Vitella, it wasn't from someone who worked for Vitella. It was yeah. actually from someone who was using it and they put their users out there first. And so they had this really compelling <clears throat> marketing story. So I think some of it is just name, right? I really do. They, it's in a market of 30 vendors or however many vendors are out there today. Um, how hard is it to, to get to the top of the list? I mean, some of it's going to be marketing, but the other side is they had the technical to back it up. 
I remember them. Yeah. Uh, I remember meeting those guys and was struck with uh, the fact that, well, when did they come around? Uh, 2011, 2012, something like that. And uh, it was 2016 when I met with some of those folks. And I, I remember being struck with that this is a mature platform. Uh, they know what they're doing. And from, you know, I, I might be slightly off, but I'm pretty sure that they have other customers that are even bigger than the, than, than the gap that, that Tom mentioned as far as number of sites, as, you know, branch offices, whatever you want to call them. So they're, they're out there. They own a chunk of the market share. So I think that in and of itself, just looking at the numbers, makes it a compelling um, acquisition for Cisco. The, the other thing that they did is they mm -hmm. solved a real problem. For years, we had our CIO calling us in his office and saying, we've got these backup connections sitting out there and we never use them until we mm -hmm. have a failure. Why can't we use that broadband? Mm -hmm. And there were, there were point solutions we could get to do that, but it would require additional management, purchase of additional hardware, all those things. So they solved a real problem. Yeah. Um, which was which was the ability to use multiple connectivity types um, and the network segmentation um, that, that they do. So it wasn't just, oh, let me convince you of something we have that you need. People knew they needed it and we, we were struggling to get it from the marketplace. All right. So we, we, we've we kind of gotten our impressions. Right. So Cisco seemed to be a lagging player in the market, maybe waiting it out. Hard to, hard to gauge motivation. Uh, Viptelis and be towards the front end of the market was pushing the boundary. Who really wins on this deal, right? Is it, is it Cisco that really wins? Is it, is it Viptelis that wins? Is it both of them? <laughs> the VCs, come no. on. <laughs> the VCs win. The Money VCs won no, no. big. The customer big. That's, that, guys, you, you know the pressure. I know customers who did bake-offs and, and down-selected Cisco. And we can, re, we can insert... Uh, telepresence, uh, voice over IP, take the Cisco solution when it's version 1.0 that, and IWAN is just another one where the customer down-selected IWAN out of the RFP process because it didn't meet all their requirements. And just to find out when you're down to the final three, Cisco magically re-enters as that third solution mm -hmm. not because on the merits of their solution is there you know cisco is the prototypical enterprise company they will fly in their ceo to have a lunch with your cio to get the deal so and they'll give it to you for next to free so trying to get through your purchasing department and your cio to get the right solution is difficult viptela i think you guys have stated it's, it's in the top three of solutions so it could easily be a much better solution for 90 percent of the market than iwan is so i think at the end of the day the, just long as cisco doesn't cisco up viptela the customer wins uh the, did the, we just create the a verb cisco, cisco up I, you know, no, I heard, I saw that on, uh, I think I'd give that to Mark May. He said that. He said, just as long as they don't Cisco up this, then uh, it's, it's a good win-win for them. So, I mean, my take on my own question here, right, is Cisco has to be the winner in this. I, there's, uh, <laughs> they're lagging in the market. They now have what is both a trusted technology play and they have the name recognition. Right, they've got they've got both. In fact, I think that this leads to problems for every other SD WAN vendor out there, uh, simply because it's going to be hard to compete with 
with someone who has both. And so if this was Cisco waiting out the market, I think they made a great decision here. They bought the right company because there was a lot of rumors about other companies that they might buy because of previous investments and, and how buddy buddy they were. And they didn't go that direction. They went after what a lot of people consider to be one of the market leaders. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, and so now, now they're coming in both with the name recognition, right? Everyone, no one gets fired for buying Cisco, right? And, and the other thing is, is that they're one of the better plays in the market. Now, <laughs> Cisco being up, right? They have an integration problem. So now they have to figure out where it sits. And I've heard all ends of the spectrum on this. It does, does Viptela get, get managed like Meraki and very hands-off and you do your own thing? Or does, uh, does Cisco completely integrate it into their existing, you know, ISR, ASR stack and... Mm-hmm make it part of the part of the router. What do you guys think? They're not getting the Meraki treatment. Um, Meraki's treatment was more about culture than it was about technology. Um, it would have been really easy for Cisco to subsume the technology division of Meraki and fire all of those people and say, this is how it's going to work. But what they wanted was the tech, they wanted the, the culture fit of Meraki and what they were working on to keep addressing that market. Because honestly, that, that, there was no overlap between what Meraki was selling and what Cisco was selling. I mean, maybe at the very, very edge. Um, Diptela absolutely is going to become a business unit. Um, the closest analog is probably going to be INSBU, which was the aqua hire of everybody that worked for MPLS's last big project. Um, they'll, they'll be a part and parcel such a thing. You know, they'll get integrated with prime infrastructure. They'll get integrated with APKM, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think they're going to do the best they can to keep that management team together as long as the vesting period is there. Um, and if you don't believe me, look at how many of the Meraki founders bolted the month after their vesting period was up. Um, they, so Cisco will, Cisco will, will give you directorships. They will give you headcount. They will give you anything it takes to keep you inside of the organization. Um, but some people just have that free spirit. And for so many people that used to work at Cisco that went there, and maybe got fed up with the way that things were, um, they're basically counting the days until the dollar signs come up and then they're gone again. So at that point, it transforms into a completely different organization and maybe then the full integration can happen. I think they have to integrate. Like, I, I think I think IWAN needs to die a quick and painless death. And painless? Quick and painful, but yeah, that's, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to, you know, it needs to just go to sleep and not wake up. Yeah. Um, but, but. That, that may be hard to do though, right? I mean, we have to admit, right? I know, there's there's I know, a number of IWAN customers that are out there right now that are not going to like the news that, hey, this investment that you, that, that we told you to do last month right? Now is no longer the way we're going. If they kill off Iwan in the next 12 months, there's going to be some disappointed customers. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they're not going to, but Cisco made a bigger bet on cloud and they were willing to walk away from that major $1 billion investment in cloud, walking away from Iwan and uh, the, and leaving, you know, maybe they have a few hundred customers on Iwan and leaving those high and dry. The, I think, Cisco's already got enough egg on their face from and the taste from leaving their cloud customers, which is a, which it was a way bigger deal than IWAN. Uh, this I think is a blip. People will forget about I, IWAN and Viptela would get integrated. They can save think- money by by using seventy one percent off to transition the bottom sixty five percent of customers on IWAN over to a Viptela solution and saving the other you know forty percent who have revenues in the six digit seven digit range that have invested in IWAN and just having a team dedicated to support them for the rest of eternity. 
Okay. Well, one of the challenges is like uh, IWAN runs on these big, expensive, you know, ISR mm-hmm. 4400 series routers, and Viptela runs on hardware that's you know sub a thousand bucks a box. It's basically an x86 box with Ethernet ports. So uh, Cisco's going to have a hard time convincing folks that they need that ISR router to run uh, SD-WAN. And so it, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how they solve that problem because it is, a, it is a problem that they have to solve. While at the same time, not completely alienating customers that have bought those uh, big expensive routers and, and put the them out in their sites. Yeah. And as you say, these are ISR. If, you're, if you bought ISR, these big boxes, just for SD-WAN, then probably shame on you. And then the, <laughs> Whoa. That, that, I mean, that calling is, people out, okay. just shame on you. The, the we know how the game is, guys. You know, we we bought big six Cisco boxes with the promise that Cisco was going to come out with a module. That module never <laughs> comes out, mm-hmm. and now we're stuck. And they say, oh, but you can buy this data center class uh, switch for your branch because we don't have the interface that you want. And they, they might give you, okay, we'll give you another 30% off the box, but we'll sell you the box and we'll sell you support it to, until infinity. There's people still buying 6,500s and <clears throat> buying, you know, 10 years of support. Yeah, I think the Navy has 20 years of support on 6,500s. Cisco is, those IWAN solutions will, you know, they, they won't get further developed, but they'll get supported until people, until people stop paying for support. All right. Um, <laughs> if you if you haven't noticed, I'm bitter about some of my past Cisco. I, there, that story was was oddly specific. In fact, it's so specific I could probably pinpoint every product you were mentioning <laughs> without actually bringing them up. Yes. So let's let's talk about outside of the deal, right? So, uh, well, actually, you know what? Before we go there, 610 million. So I mean, uh, so my notes here. I mean, the valuation of Aptela last year, this time last year, was 825 million from their last series of funding. Uh, is 610 million? Does that make sense, or is there something to read into that? Um, it makes total sense. It's 5x their last funding round, um, and I believe, according to uh, Neela Jacques, they got some kind of liquidation preference on who gets paid and what, when, and when everything gets paid out. So basically they, they called the ball. They, they took a mix of, we don't want as much money, but we want to know where it's going. And um, we all know that um, Silicon Valley um, valuation numbers are you know pie in the sky because somebody has to actually pay that. And I think now that you're, you know, don't look at it as this is how much money we're worth. Think of that as 80% of what we're worth is what people are willing to pay. And mm-hmm. so now it's um, it, it resets the market essentially. I just think it, I just think the timing is interesting, right? Where we're coming into you know I'm you know so I'm I'm a work for a reseller, and uh, you know part of integration with these these products, and and I'm starting to see customers actually talking about implementing SD WAN, hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. IWAN, Meraki, or some other product. And so this year, this upcoming year, I mean, if you were worth six hundred or eight hundred million last year. Um, I think, I think the question, you know, is there is if, if you stuck it out for six more months or 12 more months, you could be worth a whole lot more simply because of the potential for the market. I mean, do you think that's true or no? 
I, no, I, I think, think yeah, I, I think the problem is so I'm I was looking up some of the competitors to Viptella on Crunchbase. So Viptella probably has some of the most investment of of the Talaris and the Cloud Genics. So I'm looking at Talari now and they had uh eight rounds at fifty two million dollars. And Viptella's if they're top three, I think Talari is probably up there in the top five, three to five vendors for S D WAN. I think the problem that you have in these players, especially in such a crowded market, if Cisco, once Cisco made the decision that they were going to buy one of these uh, tier one SD-WAN providers, that created a, a chain reaction for the rest of the market. There's <laughs> Trouble's coming, gonna, is that what you're trouble, saying? Trouble's coming for some of these other providers now that Cisco has a serious competitor and that they, they're already in, the, once you start putting the, the sales guys and the Cisco channel behind Viptela, the, these, these other vendors are going to have a really hard time either competing or getting a exit. So it was one of those things, you know, it's like uh, the cop show, whoever takes the deal first you know, they get, they get the win and everyone else gets, you know, the prison time. I so, think that's, that's a really good insight. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you argue with that because it's absolutely true. So since we've kind of approached the subject, um, you know, pull up the crystal ball, what happens to the market in the next 12, 16 months? The entire SD-WAN market? Yeah. What happens? What happens to other vendors who are in this ecosystem that all of a sudden there's a behemoth with a, with a good technology play yeah, that I didn't mean, exist before, where, where gonna, you, before you could exist as an independent? Yeah, they're going to try to keep up with Cisco. That has a lot of money to throw at it. And uh, as they struggle through, like Yvonne was saying, as they struggle through how they're going to integrate this and whether it's going to be how it's going to integrate with ISRs and the Frankenstein WAN that we're going to have to deal with for the next year. Um, you think but, you think startups try to keep up with Cisco? I mean, that sounds, well, that sounds very difficult to me. Yeah, difficult to do. From just from a cost perspective. And that's what I mean, because yeah. Cisco has that that money to be able to throw at it to integrate it as quickly as possible and own the market. Because we we all know that they don't get into a new market unless they're gonna dominate it. Right. You know, and then if they don't, I, I they, think, they, they leave. I think a lot of marketing departments are really going to work. Like what are we yeah. gonna call ourselves in a post SD WAN world? Because a lot of folks that offer an SD WAN solution. I'm just getting into are SD WAN. Are we really post SD WAN already? Come on, guys. I, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. I'm like, post SD WAN. No, I think they're they're preparing for it, right? right? Because oh, like Cisco's bought it, now SD WAN is, you know, sort of been there, done that. We're gonna call it something else because I, I look at a lot of folks that were in the SD SD WAN market and uh and it was in name only they were they yeah. were trying to to attach themselves to a term as opposed to provide a solution so i think you're you're gonna see you know there are gonna be some folks that are gonna stick around riverbed silver peak those guys for sure cloud genics velo cloud uh everybody else i don't know i don't know they, well, they may you don't, move on you don't think that there's like going to be a mass acquisition process that goes on now with everybody else saying me too, all the major players going in and buying their own SD-WAN vendor because now Cisco's done it and they have to keep up? Well, there, you know, there you, may be, but. So the, let's think about it. Who's, you know, after the, at the brocade left, the basically left, Avaya's having their trouble, that leaves extreme. Who buys these SD-WAN vendors other than SD-WAN accelerators who are, you know, by themselves? So, you know, you look at the Silver Peaks, you look at the, maybe F5 starts to get into this business, maybe. 
But I think what happens is if these non-core FD-WAN vendors, the brocade, the not brocades, the extremes of the world, Dell Networking, whoever, who knows what happened to them, or HPE Networking, uh, if they decide that they want an FD-WAN solution, they can have one for, on, I think, on the cheap now. And then whoever's left, so, you know, the Talaris, the uh, CloudGenics, the VeloCloud. And VeloCloud has a tough, you know, I think, go at it because they bet big on cloud. So they, they'd have to go into a vendor that's friendly to that type of model. Uh, I, I see a shakeout. I, I, thought I'd, I thought at the beginning of the year that there'd be a shakeout. And I, and I still think that there's going to be a shakeout. Enterprises do not buy do not buy from multiple vendors and the and these these uh just like in the storage industry these independent sd-wan uh providers are going to need to take cover i think you're going to see an acquisition spree um i'll i'll go out and say it um cloudgenics will get bought by hpe sometime in the next 18 months hpe needs a partner they're on an acquisition spree cloudgenics is the next best thing left out there plus given the uh um, CloudGenics viewpoint on Cisco, it would make a whole lot of sense. Um, Velocloud's going to get acquired by AT&T. I think that the work hmm. that they've been doing with AT&T's hmm. SD-WAN backbone and their service provider space, um, e even if the, the money doesn't actually change hands for the acquisition, it's going to basically be that the only customer that they have is AT&T. Um, I would imagine that you'll see the uh, extreme will be the one that's going to be an interesting one to, to try to figure out who do they go after and um, you know, there's been some discussion today about Extreme just not having it enough left in the tank to make that happen. Um, consider that for $610 million, Cisco got one SD-WAN company. And um, just a few months ago, uh, for a third of that cost, uh, Extreme bought an entire data center switch division and an entire wireless company. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Extreme has enough money left in the bank to make a big bet on somebody. Now, who's that going to be? That's a good question. You've still got Versa out there. You've still got Tolari out there. Um, you know, that's it's going to be an interesting bet. Um, now, what's going to happen is I think whoever's left without a dance partner is going to start, as Yvonne said, um, transforming their business model. Mm -hmm. They're they're not going to be an SD-WAN company. They're going to be a something else company. And, and that way they're going to sell value. They're not going to sell a, a, a feature set. And, and that's going to be huge is, is how, that, how the market reacts to the fact that they're going to stop being an SD-WAN vendor. So, Tom, I got a question for you. The, you brought up a great scenario with AT&T. Do you see other web scale size companies just saying, you know what, I can get a dedicated SD-WAN solution, SD solution for $65 million, $100 million. I'll just buy the solution and I'll, and you know, like a, I don't think AWS needs to do this, but like a AWS or a Netflix or whomever who just says, you know what, I, I just, why not? It, it's cheaper than, than working with a vendor's aqua hire. I don't see tier one vendors doing that. Um, Facebook, AWS, Microsoft, Google, um, they're going to build it themselves. That's, yeah. that's their they new mentality. Yeah. yeah they, they literally have offices full of engineers sitting around doing nothing, waiting on a thing to build. Some now, of them now. already have. Exactly. So some of, the, some of them have been doing this longer than we've known the term. So Yeah. So the, 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 the step down tier, so maybe like the rack spaces of the world or maybe private providers that are doing cloud or data center warehousing or things like that. I mean, think of a company like Switch. 
um, Switch runs supernaps all over the world. Um, you think they'd plunk down $50 million to buy a company to accelerate communications between supernap sites and offer that as a service like accelerated uh, communications? Absolutely they would. Um, so, it, and, and the thing is, remember that that, as you know, Keith was just throwing out a number 65 million, what have you. Um, when the belt starts tightening and companies start realizing that their exit strategy is, is not dependent on how much everybody gets paid, but if the founders and the investors can get their money back out of the company, um, well, then you're in a via territory, which is fire sale. Right. Um, there's kind of one more angle I want to want to address, and I think it's it's been interesting because we've seen, I mean, one specific company and maybe some other ones uh, that have circled around IWAN specifically to to, to make it easier, right? Uh, to provide some visibility. I'm thinking about live action. What happens to those companies with this? I mean, I guess it really depends a lot on your perspective on whether or not uh, uh, Cisco abandons IWAN altogether versus, you know, giving three potential options. But let's, let's assume that they abandon IWAN. What happens to live action? I think uh, that they just have to shift their focus. Um, I, I, I believe they'll probably start working more with Viptela to provide some visibility into that environment. But it is kind of a cautionary tale for uh, companies who tie their solutions so closely to Cisco that if, if Cisco goes a different direction, then, uh, then they've really uh, anchored their boat to another um, and and so it sort of sends them into a tailspin. So I think I think it'll be interesting to watch what uh, what live action does and how they shift their um, their products to be a less IWAN centric solution. So Avant, I got a question around that. So I'm not familiar with live action, but I'm assuming that the you know IWAN is not a simple to consume solution. So you create a provider around to help you uh, make that thing easier to consume. As practitioners, is this a cautionary tale from a practitioner perspective that just says, you know what, if something's hard to use today, I'm just gonna wait. If the business allows me, I'm just gonna wait until a simpler solution comes to the forefront as opposed to getting a complex model where I get a, a third party provider that help me with the complexity of a solution that probably shouldn't be complex. Well, I, that's logical. And I think it makes sense that. Which means that it probably won't happen. <laughs> well, if there's a tire market. This is enterprise networking. Up yes. around a, a product to make that product manageable or, or you know, that then you really ought to start asking some questions about, you know, why should I have to buy two or three things to make this one thing work? That, that makes sense. Um, I just don't know that organizations work that way because of the gravity of this single vendor uh, world that so many people um, are used to. And again, um, Jordan mentioned it earlier, no, nobody gets fired for buying Cisco, which I hate to even say that out loud, but it is a popular mentality, especially among leadership that don't understand technology and that are afraid of trying something that, that is perceived as being new and out there. You don't have to go any further than every Apple keynote address ever at WWDC to find out what happens when you build a product around a feature or a missing feature in a large software package. Um, I believe the industry term is Sherlocked. 
Um, yep. Yeah, it, that's and and honestly, your business if your business model depends on the company being so lazy that they can't fix it, or chasing features so badly they'll never get around to it. Um, you know, you've you've got a real choice to make because all it takes is three interns with uh, fresh focus and new ideas to mm. completely obliterate your business model. Um, and if you don't divest yourself effectively, then, well, you, you honestly, you deserve to go out of business. All right, guys, I think we're, uh, I think we're getting close here. I want to give uh, Tom and Keith, if you have any final thoughts, uh, anything that we haven't hit uh, on this whole uh, Cisco acquiring Vitella train of thought, uh, here's your opportunity. Yeah, I think this, just highlights Yvonne and Phil and you guys have talked about it throughout is that as enterprise customers, we are I think beyond this point where the risk of a multi-vendor uh, preferred multi-vendor list is, is, is gone. We, we're, we can't continue to limit our solutions to a single vendor because purchasing sure. is easier. Yeah discounting is deeper. Uh, I think the, I think one of the most popular posts I've ever written was on how FD WAN is a big data problem. And I got so much crossover attention from that, from CIOs, <coughs> VPs, they understood the problem. They understood the value that something like a FD WAN uh, brings to an organization. So when you're, when you're looking for solutions that are game changing with, and I think SD WAN is one of those things that we can't limit ourselves to a single vendor because stuff like this will happen. You'll end up looking back and you'll, you'll have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, ISRs to support, uh, IWAN and, and, and it's a, it's a solution that ultimately doesn't meet the needs of the business. So I think this is kind of the lesson learned as we looked at Viptela is a lesson learned when we looked at VMware selling, uh, vCloud air to OVH is a lesson that we learned when, uh, Cisco exited their cloud business. We need to start looking at best of class versus a single vendor. All right, Tom, anything else? No, I think Keith hit the nail on the head. I, um, my own personal perspective on this, I mean, Cisco was a little surprising with their choice of who they bought, not that they bought someone. Um, I think um, the next six months is going to be some real soul searching. People are going to have to ask themselves, are they in it for the long haul or do they need to make an exit now? Um, and unfortunately, they're not going to be the only ones asking that question. The VC funders are going to be saying, hey, we know how much you're worth. Um, let's make this happen. Uh, for the companies that want to stick it out and make it work, um, I think there's a good possibility that they got new competition because the world's best marketing department is, hey, don't buy Cisco, buy us. And so we'll see what happens there. Uh, this will be a very interesting product and a very interesting um, discussion to revisit in November and see where we are now. All right. Well, a uh, very special thank, uh, thank you to the two of you for joining us on somewhat last notice. Uh, uh, thank you to everyone who's watching us live and uh, for those who are watching us uh, after we post this on, on YouTube. If you're looking to find more information about us, uh, you can find us at our website, thenetworkcollective.com or on Twitter at netcollectivepc. In one week, not two weeks, one week, next Tuesday, uh, May 9th, we're going to be talking about some of the challenges around uh, being a network person in an SMB small, medium-sized shop. So uh, I hope you join us for that. We're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>